Welcome to Startup Confidential, what industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome to Episode 74, Why Engineers Struggle as Startup Founders. Okay, this episode is based on a highly controversial LinkedIn post. Who knew? from a few weeks ago. (laughs) To be clear, there are always exceptions to any valid social generalization. One learns this when you are in graduate school in social science. So please don't overreact because you know an exception. My commentary here is pointing to founders who left careers in state and federally regulated engineering specialties. That's what I mean by engineers. Not IT people. Not software people. It's the regulation part that's so key, and less so the engineering puzzle-solving part. When the government can take your license and your career away with one mistake, you tend to develop a rather risk-averse approach to your work and to many, many decisions in the rest of your life by contamination of the mindset. (laughs) I'm picking on engineers to make a larger point about risk calculation and calculated risk-taking. I could easily point to my old colleagues in market research firms, where a similar methodological risk aversion is very common. Look, I see many, many founders lost in wheel spinning, especially in the world of CBG, where so many crazy decisions have to get made before you even launch, when they simply have to act. They're overanalyzing because they're terrified of fucking up. They're often perfectionists, these folks. And they were perhaps bullied into perfectionism by some risk-averse organization even if they weren't engineers or market researchers. But nimbleness, folks, is one of your founder superpowers. If you refuse to use it, it's a major handicap, especially in the first two phases of development as you compete with larger competitors that cannot make any decision without 17 PowerPoint-filled meetings from hell. Okay. So what's up with all these licensed engineers I'm desperate to pick on? Engineering, folks, I have friends who are engineers, is about applying known science, known principles, proven theory to some problem at hand. The solution that the engineer comes up with may be unique. It may be different. It may not be. But the science they're using is known. Engineers do not do experimental theory chasing for a company. That's for university labs. But here's the thing. You do chase experiments as a founder because that's what your business is. You're chasing a hypothetical pathway, what I like to call a symbolic logic that goes from your product line straight to some desired consumer outcome. The symbolic logic embedded in your product line may actually not even be consciously known to you, the intuitively creative genius founder. And this is especially true If you're a member of the exact niche audience that you designed it for, then you are in the fishbowl. Engineering is about getting it all right. Up front, with tiny margins of error acceptable by regulators. Failure is not acceptable, even in the smallest area of the engineered solution. But amateurs new to the CPG industry are simply not going to be able to pull that kind of standard off. There's no money to do the elaborate academic front-end innovation processes that Big Co. does routinely. Oh, and guess what? (laughs) The failure rate of CPG products from Big Co. is so high, it's clear to me 
that trying to get everything right before you sell the first case is already a broken approach, even if you can afford it. Engineering, folks, is tightly regulated for a reason, to prevent accidents that harm the public or public infrastructure. CPG companies have some aspects of product design regulated by the FDA, mostly to ensure consumer safety. But the vast majority of the design, as I discuss in my book, is totally unregulated, folks. And as I write in my book, Ramping Your Brand, some or most of your design will require iteration to connect properly with a strategically high-valuable audience. That is extremely hard to predetermine. The government regulators are not concerned with this most fundamental issue because it doesn't relate to any public interest at all, only to your growth and success as a private company. And that's why engineers from the licensed professions should never ever start early stage growth businesses alone. They should either find a co-founder with a very different mindset, a Steve Jobs, to their Steve Wozniak, or they need to work within a startup. I had to fire an engineer turned client last year. It was the first time I ever had to end a project. But he just couldn't accept the slightest amount of risk of error inside our working relationship. And this led him, the engineer, to try to drive the entire investigation himself. <laughs> when you hired me to diagnose your business, this kind of micromanagement and perfectionism is a non-starter for me. Maybe there's some other people who'd be happy to go through that hell. Um, you either trust me or you don't. I also had to end a more recent discovery call with another engineer a couple months ago. He thought he knew the questions to ask me with zero industry experience, but he wouldn't share any context on the business that would allow me to vet him as a potential client. So when I challenged one of his assumptions, yes, due to irritation, he got super defensive and started blustering, which is exactly the behavior I would expect from a perfectionist who doesn't make mistakes as a professional obligation. See, the licensed engineer as an extreme instantiation of risk aversion, they're not used to the sheer volume of fuck-ups you're going to make as an amateur founder in an industry you don't understand a lot about. Pretending that you know it all is a lot easier psychologically. Trust me, I've been through this transition a few times. <laughs> Engineers by training, want to know how the entire puzzle fits together and operates before they sign off on the design, which sounds awfully similar to when you ship the product, doesn't it, for the first time? And, you know, that's awesome for the bridge I take to get home every day. Thank you. Thank you, engineer, for your perfectionist genius and attention to detail. Keep it up, dude. But if you approach launching a consumer brand this way, how in God's name will you react when the market rewards your amateur efforts with a big fizzle? It will either be your biggest personal development breakthrough ever, or you'll behave like the defensive dude above. Engineers are awesome for operations and do product development work in more mature startups. And if you run your own facility, even a pilot, I highly recommend you find one and put them in charge. This is the kind of risk-averse mindset you want in charge of your operations. As head of R&D, as head of the plant, absolutely. As CEO, hell no. Not without a major come-to-Jesus transformation. When I had my dust-up with a prospective client engineer alluded to above, he had asked me, literally, should I use X or Y channel to get traction? As if he knew enough to whittle it down to a simple binary choice. Out of the blue. I certainly didn't have any content. <laughs> I told him his question was misguided and premature. He could get traction in many channels depending on who his audience was which he refused to think about in any other terms than entire nation states. 
He had conveniently avoided the ambiguity of the audience issue because that's exactly the kind of non-science component, critical to consumer brand building, that an engineer just doesn't get. Because everything is a scientific component. And because this guy didn't create the product for himself or anyone he knew, it was created for some apparently unknown group yet to be determined. (laughs) Worse still, this poor guy, like many professional engineers, are likely to mock the fundamental marketing issue at play in a successful growth engine uh, business. Who is your key audience? Who's making you the most money and why? And how do you find more of them cheaply? My inadvertent fanamy. Yes, he'd read the book and liked it. My fanamy expected the channel selection process to magically function like a chemical formula. He couldn't accept that he would only know whether there was product channel fit when he got out there to see how this specific offering interacted with the world of external real human beings. You sell, then you discover. You act, then you learn. You go to the external world, then you learn, and iterate from there. In the engineer's mind, the external world is not a source of learning or insight. It's a place of ultimate truth. Or it's a source of hell, chaos, shit, lawsuits, and fucking ruin. Chaos and experimentation is for the laboratory environment, not the real world. The engineer may iterate their product line when it's young. Yes, because it's not selling. But their approach to iteration is likely to be highly dysfunctional. They will make some changes and then expect it to magically take off. I met another guy just like this, civil engineer. One tiny tweak. Remember my big mallet thing in my book? One tiny tweak. He expected his company to turn around completely. Maybe organic chemistry works that way. I have no idea. It probably does. (laughs) But as you can tell by now, I'm not actually talking about licensed engineers. Uh, They rarely become startup founders, folks. Trust me. You go look for them. There aren't many. I've talked to thousands of founders. I've met three from the licensed engineering profession. I'm talking about any of you listening who get mired in pre-think, wheel spinning, indecision, before you've collected any data relevant to the decision, which is usually generated for you by the marketplace. (laughs) The key to iteration is to take small-scale calculated risks early on when the business is very small. Here's the rub. This is when most founders are the most cash poor. The latter situation on their balance sheet creates a massive risk-averse force almost as powerful as 10 years of working in a highly regulated engineering firm. I've seen it frequently with otherwise incredibly creative, ballsy founders. But if you can't risk your entire $250,000 run rate business on one big iterative change based on market learning, not wheel spinning, you better raise a ton of money so you can calm down. The undercapitalized founder is very common. That's the whole audience for my book. But the ones who can keep the shrieking demons of risk aversion at bay while they take badass calculated risks with their business are a truly rare group. The lucky few who I get to work with, but who also can grow well into phase three where they are more likely to be funded. Don't let the terror of your caste situation overtake your ability to iterate intelligently and learn from the marketplace. Don't act like you're an oil and gas industry engineer when no one's lives are indeed at stake. And that's all I've got this time, folks. And as always, remember, be safe out there. 
Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founders quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.